today. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many of y'all excited to praise God today? This is the first day of the year. This doesn't happen every year right. uh, that the first day of the year starts on a Sunday. This is what you would call a first fruit Sunday that we give God our best. We get to start on the first day of the week. So if you could today, I'm going to start a little differently. I'm going to start with a little bit of prayer, and I want you to pray with me as we start our fasting next week. I want you to pray for the service. I want you to pray for the people that are on the way. I want you to pray uh, for the church and for the city of Detroit and for the city of Royal Oak and for this service to be a blessing not just to you but to somebody else. And then after that, as Brother David said, I want you to take everything that's happened to you across the week, everything that's in last year and leave it in last year, and wherever your feet are this year, that's where you are. So if you're in the sanctuary, let your feet be in the sanctuary and let your mind and heart be here to give God all you give him this year. Amen? Amen. So let's go to God in prayer. God, we thank you and we lift you up and we magnify you right now, God. We leave the past behind and we sit in the present, God, with an expectation for our future. We ask, Lord God, that, that you touch this place and that you be pleased with our praise. It's because of you that we're here, Lord God. It's because of you that we come and we want to give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise.
raised up from the dead. Let captivity captive. It is finished. You gave us the keys. His authority. Now we are joining to the praise of his glory. second and give him some praise and lift your hands and worship. Can you lift your hands for a second? This is the first fruits of the year, which means that this is the first Sunday of the year, which means that we should give God everything that we have to give. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, everything that dwells therein belongs to God. So this Sunday, can you just lift your hands and give God praise today? 
But no matter what you're going through or what's happening, he says, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want you to know that this song has special meaning today because many times the enemy will try to come in, he'll try to distract you, he'll try to block you, but I have a declaration today that no devil in hell, no demon in hell is going to stop what God's church is designed to do today. He's not gonna stop a praise, he's not gonna stop the waving of a hand, he's not gonna stop a hallelujah in the building. Why don't you give God praise in the building and begin to worship him and lift him up and magnify him. Hallelujah. Build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up, it's your church. Build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up, it's, can you declare that? Build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up, it's your church. Build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. It's your church. Build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. It's your church. Build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. It's your church. I love you, I love you, I love you, Lord, today, because you care for me in such a special way. That's why I praise you, I lift you up. And I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. Can we say my heart and my mind and my soul? Uh, my heart, my mind, my soul belongs to you. Paid the price. You paid the price for me. Way back on Calvary. That's why I pray. I lift you up and I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled. That's why my heart is filled with prayer. One more time, my heart, my mind, my soul. My heart, my mind, my soul belongs to you. Why does it belong to you? You paid the price for me. Way back on Calvary, that's why I praise you. I lift you up and I magnify your name. 
Thank you for this Sunday. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to share your word. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you guide our steps, our hearts, and our words. That our words, our heart, and our thought be only committed and focused on you. And God, in this first day of the year, that you give us a word that will impact your people, that will heal your people, lift your people up, and give them direction for the next 12 months, which will change the trajectory of the next years of their life. We give you praise for that. God, we're here because we love you. We're here to give you praise and to learn of you. Lord God, you have said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, God, we're here to learn. Touch us our hearts and minds and we'll be careful to give you the praise in jesus name amen amen somebody give god a hand clap of praise <laughs> guys y'all can stay with me musicians today i feel feel a little my baptist roots maybe coming along it's so glad to see everybody today can you do me a favor for those who are broadcasting and those that watch with us online? Can you give a big hand clap and a hallelujah and welcome our online church that comes to worship with us every week? They could choose to be anywhere doing anything, but they choose to tune in with us. And we're so glad and grateful for that. I um, want to take the time. I as, as I'm getting older, I'm learning something that a short pencil is better than a long memory. So I want to I wrote some things down. First, I want to thank you all for the gifts and the well wishes and the prayers uh, that you gave across the holiday season. They were extremely blessed. I was excited. I said, I'm going to Texas. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have some heat. And I got off the plane in Houston and it was 14 degrees. <laughs> and I said, this is not fair. This is not fair. It got warmer, but it was a wonderful time, and I want to take this time to thank you for all the staff that works hard and the things. Got a lot of compliments on the music. I'm probably going to just let Terhan start having his way uh, and, and working some things out. He does a marvelous job. Can y'all give a hand clap for our music department and things like that? For those of you who serve every week, for those of you who are learning new things, that are learning technology that you've never learned before, we say thank you. Teamwork makes the dream work. Thank you to all those who help keep running everything smoothly. For those of you who are going to participate with us, and I hope it is everyone, you know every year at the beginning of the year, C.S. Lewis says it this way, when first things are first, Second things are not suppressed, but they're increased. In other words, if you make the main thing, everybody say make the main thing the main thing. If you start your day right or your week right, your week will go right. You have a unique opportunity. This is the only time you have an opportunity to start 2023, which means that if you start it right, you're what? End it right. Well, what's the best way to end it or to start it? Jesus says, my house should be called a house of what? 
prayer. So for 21 days, starting tomorrow, we will be going into a fast. Um, we are into an international prayer fast, 21 days. If they'll pull it up, they've got it up on the screens. 21 days of reconciling the world to Christ. If you're not technologically savvy, we have papers that you can pull up for one week one, week two, week three about what we're praying about and the things we'll be praying about locally and across the world. For those of you who have not yet, we put out the Encounter Church online private group that's for exclusive content we love our friends and family on facebook but there's some things you'll get that other people won't get because you show up on sundays and we're grateful for that and we will have some out of line, out of town people and things like that so if you've received uh, an, another invite from us that is us that's not a bot that's not somebody trying to sell you something from a foreign company or country that that is encounter we're so grateful for you if it's your first time online or in the building you're welcome we welcome you into the presence of god don't forget movie night we're wanting to do a lot of things this year we're wanting to do a lot of things for the church and to this to be a church of the community uh COVID's over with uh, we, it's done and we're moving we've been doing some great things thankful to terry who's already down with the youth for what they're doing please support the movie night which is going to be this third saturday we're going to have something upstairs for the adults something downstairs for the kids invite other people in the community we don't want to just have it for us this is a community event it's free to all to be able to do we'll have popcorn and and fun and so we want to thank you for celebrating this first new year with me i know it's a lot of stuff i'm covering but i just want to say thank you and get those things out of the way well amen are you guys ready for the word yeah. all right to, we start a new sermon series today can you read what that says what did it say everybody say cycles cycles the best way to to get to the new year and we'll talk about that is to break cycles most people talk about generational curses, but I'm a believer of generational cycles. We have habits and patterns, and as we keep those patterns up, we will continue in the same old cycles. If you want something that you've never had, you've got to start to do some things that you've never done. Change does not come by writing out a New Year's resolution and, is, and lying to yourself and saying, I'm going to do it. But change comes with a change of mind, a change of plan, a change of attitudes, and a change of habits. Across this series, I'll probably have you say this, but I'm going to say it for you today. And I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen intently because how you listen during this series, whether we shout or whether we, we just listen or it's a teaching week, this is important. How many of you could use some change in your life who could use something different who likes something how many of you like some change in your world and in your church and in other things if you do that if you listen and you just take what we're going to preach this week and the next weeks guess what if you put it into practice the bible said don't be just hearers of the word but be what doers i want you to take it and i want you to put it into practice and i can't wait for you to start coming and tell me you know what cycles have been breaking off of my life i want you to hear this before we get into the sermon today i want you to hear this and get it into your spirit life is a series of decisions i say that again life is a series of decisions Somebody's still waking up. They still didn't wake up doing praise and worship. So turn on. I'll say that one more time. Your life is a series of decisions. Our decisions denote our direction. 
And if not diverted, they will divulge our destiny. By the time we finish, I want you to be able to recite that to me. That life is a series of decisions, and our decisions denote our direction. And if not diverted, they will divulge our destiny. In other words, it doesn't matter what you do. If you start walking far enough, you're going to get to 12 mile. All you got to do is take the right steps. So if you're not happy with where you are in life, all you have to do is trace back your steps. Oftentimes we blame where we are in life on other people, a lack of opportunity. But the truth is the matter of the truth. The truth of the matter is rather we are where we are because of the choices that we made. And we're going to learn to make some good choices. Amen. Pull up Second Kings chapter seven. If you are ready for the word, give a hand clap for the word. Second Kings chapter seven. Starting at verse three, God has a word today. Second Kings chapter seven, verse three. I'm ready, y'all. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm alert. My mind is here. I'm ready to go. The enemy has tried several things to try to distract me. But guess what? God is working. We're praying for my, my daughter. My little daughter wasn't feeling too well this morning. And we, I know Brother Dave, you weren't used to Brother Dave coming and stalling, but I'm a pastor second. I'm a daddy first. I'm going to see about my baby. And then, uh, then we're going to come on. And so apologize for a little late start, but we want to make sure all is well there. 2 Kings chapter 7, starting at verse 3. I want you to read this loudly with me, and I want you to pay attention to the text. Just don't read through it. Don't go through the motions. But when you come to the church, I want you to come expecting to get something. Let's read together. What does it say? Now, there were four men who were lepers at the entrance to the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say, let us enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. So now come, let us go over to the camp of the Syrians. If they spare our lives, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. So they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. But when they came to the edge of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord had made the army of the Assyrians hear the sound of chariots and of horses, the sound of a great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the king of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to come against us. So they fled away in twilight and abandoned their tents and their houses and their donkeys, leaving the camp as it was and fled for their lives. And when the lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into the tent and ate and drank and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried off things from it and went and hid them. I'm going to read verse three again, because that's where we're going to stop today. And that's where we're going to hang our hat. And then we're going to tell you what we'll be preaching today. Now, there were four men who were lepers at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, I want you to say this loud. Why sit we here until we die? I want to preach to you today by the aid of the Holy Spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, today is the day. <laughs> you may be seated in the presence of God. Yeah. As we start this new year with new promises, we get an opportunity to reset. 
We can give closure to things that are ending. Some of us had tough years in 2022, and we can give closure to those things and finally give an end mentally and spiritually to those things which we have endured throughout the years of 2022. We have an opportunity to have a mental, a physical, and a spiritual reset. That's why people like New Year's and that's why people celebrate New Year's because the new year celebrates new beginnings. Everybody say new beginning. <laughs> We start the year with hope. We start the year with promise. That's why the enemy tries to slow things down and to get into things. Because if I can stop you before you get started, if I can get your year off to a bad start, I can change the trajectory of where you're headed. Why? Because life is a series of decisions and our decisions denote our direction. And if not diverted, they will denote our destiny. In other words, if I can get you off track to start with, you'll be headed down the wrong road. If I can start you to argue with your wife or your husband before you get in the car, you won't hear anything the pastor has to say. So I want to have you good and mad so you start the wrong way and you finish just like you started. We look to 2023 for a fresh start. For fasting and spiritual renewal. Every year we do a fast that cleanses the body and the mind. What are you going to fast from? I'm going to leave that to you and the Holy Spirit. Some of you will fast from food. Some of you, because of medical conditions, will fast from television or fast from different things. If you want to do a biblical fast, fast from water and fast from food for a certain amount of time. But we're going to do that for 21 days. Don't tell your neighbor what you do because to be biblically correct, you're not even supposed to tell anybody you're fasting. You keep it to yourself and when you're hungry, just put a smile on your face. Put a little bit of extra cologne and perfume on. Not too much, but look like you're happy and things are going good in your life. But you want to crucify the flesh because as I crucify the flesh, I get closer to God. When I move, remove the distractions out of my life and begin to fast and pray and focus on God, I will get a different level of relationship. And this is the year of relationship. God is not looking for religion. God is looking for people who are genuinely looking to get closer to him, who are genuinely looking for him to not just be their savior, but to be their Lord, who are genuinely looking not to just come to church, but are looking to be the church and say, God, direct my lives. This year, I won't take a job unless I know it's the job that you want to do. This year, I won't build a relationship that you don't tell me to build. I won't keep a relationship that you don't tell me to keep. This will be the year that my relationship with you matters the most. Why? Because when first things are first, second things are not suppressed, but they are increased. If I focus on my relationship with God, I've learned something. Everything else seems to fall in line. <laughs> There's a story of a, of, of a young man and an old man. I, I, I didn't have this in my notes, but it came up. It'll take a little bit of my time, but I need to talk to you about it. There was a young man and an old man. They were lumberjacks, brother Dave. And the young man came up and he was big and he was burly. And he said, it's your, your time is over, old time. It's time for you to go on and have a seat and lead this to the young man. And the old man said, well, we'll see about that. Let's see who can chop down the tree. And you know what they did? They went and found the biggest tree that they could find. They went and found the biggest tree in the world that they could find and found them about equal size. And they said, whoever chops down this tree, Terhan, they'll be the master of the lumberjacks. And I, the one will bow to the other. And they went together and the young man went out 
And he decided, I got this in the bag. Look at him. And he little and he puny. And, I, and you could hear the sounds. That's all you could hear. You could hear them whacking away at the tree. And you could hear the young man with all the fervor and the passion. Whack, 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 whack. He was going back and forth. Never stopped. Always going for hours. He was here. And you could hear it. And all of a sudden, you would hear the older man. And he'd go whack, 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 whack. But after a while, it would get quiet, Sister Benny. It would get quiet and everybody just knew that the younger man was going to win because you would always hear the older man stop and the younger man would never stop. And after a while, they were taking bets, Brother Dave, on who would win. They knew the young man was going to win. And all of a sudden, the old man screamed out. You know what he screamed out, Victor? Timber! <laughs> and all of a sudden, his tree fell and the young man was livid. He was upset, Austin. You know how he was upset? Because I'm younger and I have more strength. I have more endurance. I did more work than he did. He walked out and he was furious, Brother Day. And he looked at him, Brother Day, and he said, you cheated. There was no way you could do that. He said, I didn't cheat. Do you see any other tools around here? Well, he said, you tell me how I kept whacking all day long and I kept hitting all day long and my tree still hadn't fallen and yours has fell to the ground. You stopped five or six times. He said, young man, that's the problem. You kept whacking all day long. I stopped to sharpen my axe. See, that's how we run life, Turhan. We're always on the go. <laughs> we're always, we can't stop and do the important things because we deem everything else more important. We're always trying to hit it life and chop down our dreams and chop down our goal. But we never stop to work on the things that are most important that will bless our lives. So we get to our goal, but we can't keep our goal because you have the gift to get it, but not the character to keep it. You have the ability to bring it to you, but not the skill to make it flourish. That everything you do in life, you need to want to not go through the same old cycles. You ought to get tired of going up and being down, going down and then to the side and around. Being married 50 years and still can't get along. Being married 20 years and still can't get along. Your kids are still crazy. You ought to get tired of the same old cycle. Stuck in the same old mundane routine, always lying to yourself, going to the gym. I try to stay positive, Brother Dave, but I got to be honest. Say you're going to the gym. I hate this time of year. You know why? Because when I go to the gym, the gym is full of folks. It's full of all those people who are on the machines, in the way, on their cell phone. They're not really serious. They just said they were going to do something. But I don't have to wait long, Pastor Ernie, because by January 31st, they gone. Why? Because they go through the same old cycle. This year will be next better than the next. But this, they change their goal, but they never change their habits. And so because they never change their habits, they keep going through the same old cycle. That's why we look forward to 2023. We look at it as a fresh start for fasting and renewal. We seek hope and we seek promise and we prepare in the body of believers to do just that. I believe it's important to help somebody this year break free of, as they're leaving the past and trying to seize the future. You'll know that it is not always easy, but for many of us, the years have begun to seem like days. Deja vu. 
of Groundhog's Day. Remember that movie where he would get up and every time he wake up, it was the same day over and over again. Somebody ought to, if you're young and you listening to me and married, you ought to get tired of waking up and having the same old arguments with your spouse over and over and over again. You ought to get tired of having the same old conversation with your kids over and over and over again. You ought to get tired of going to the doctor, taking the same pills that you don't have to take, but you take them because you can't change your cycle over and over again. At some point in time, you ought to get sick and tired of being sick and tired and get ready for the change that God is calling you to get into. The day is filled with eager expectations, but it is impoverished in purposeful planning and elevated execution. What does that mean? You mean well, but you have no plan. You mean well, but you never take the first step. You keep going into the same old cycles and to pull in something from an old sermon that you guys have heard. If you keep doing what you've always been doing, you will continue to get what you've always been getting. Don't be mad at other people because they're getting something different. They decided to get sick and tired of being sick and tired and stop going through the same old cycle. I want different, Pastor. Are you doing different? Some of us have lost hope and have even given up on the thought of accomplishing these things because they have eluded us for so long. For all these years, we have become content to hope but never to have. I need to say that again. We have become content to hope but never to have. And I submit to you that no matter how macro or micro the assignment in your life, if God has left breath in your body, there is still yet something left for you to do. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, I still have more in me. Y'all going to help me preach today. Turn on, you might have to hit the keys today. Keep them live today. We, we're going to go today. I need you to shout that like you believe it for 2023. Somebody shout, I still have more in me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to be shouting on that. I want you to know that you still have a purpose to serve and magnify your creator and with breath and the life that he loaned to you. Because not only do I have more left in me, but I still have more left on me. Now, somebody that went right over their head. What's the difference? Because I still have more purpose left in me, but God has an anointing that he has put on me. So although I don't just still have more left in me, but I still got more left on me. I still have more anointing. I still have things that God has called me to do. And while he's giving me breath in my body, I will not stop until I've accomplished everything that God has set for me to do. Somebody give God a praise for that today. I want somebody to tweet that out. Not only do I still have left more left in me, but I still have left more left on me. God still has oil on your life. God has loaned you life and you need to know what anointing he's put on your life because the anointing is on your life. But some anointings are attached to seasons. You know why, Brother Dave, some people get upset because they can't do what they used to do in church because they're trying to work like a 20 year old 
when they have a 50-year-old anointing on their life, the 20-year-old anointing is gone. The 20-year-old anointing said, I could lay on that floor and I could get up and jump without ever touching my hands to the floor. But the 50-year-old anointing says, you can't do that no more. And people are trying to be 20 and not realizing you anointed to be 30. They're trying to be 30 and not realizing that you're anointed to be 40. You're still trying to do things that God has not called you to do. God has shifted your season, but you're still in the wrong season. You know what? Every year we have winter, spring, summer, and fall. And no matter where you live, you move from season to season. But I've come to tell you in life, it's not the same. You can sit in winter and watch the other seasons pass you. Bye. I don't know if you know what I'm saying, but some of us, God called us to the church and now he's calling us to a higher season to serve in a different capacity. You started on the door, but you know you're supposed to be standing up preaching or teaching the gospel and you're still having a door anointing on your life when God has anointed you to do greater. Some of us, God has called us for more to counsel. The Bible says that the young are for war and the older for counsel. But you know why many churches get clogged up in the pipeline, Brother Day? <laughs> because it's hard to convince the older people that it's time to counsel and stop trying to war. <laughs> and they're standing in the place of warfare and the warriors that are ready to fight get tired and move out of the way. It's time for a generation to move along. They need you to guide them. Today, I moved somebody off of one of their positions. It was a relative. It was my daughter. I said, you no longer do this. This person does that. I'm going to have you in a supervisor. I'm going to teach you leadership. You don't do it. You watch them do it and teach them how to do it. That's how generations move. That's how life moves. You do it for so long. And the problem is when we get good at something, we figure can't nobody else do it but us. I want you to know I can't pastor here forever. I can't live here forever. While I'm preaching under the sound of my voice, the next pastor may be in this church. He may be 12 or 13 years old, but under the sound of my voice, I'm always teaching and preparing for the next generation so I don't outlast my season. Because if I stay in this season, I may miss another season that's even better that God has for me. That's why many people are frustrated because they're still trying to live in their glory days of this season and they're robbing themselves because God has more for you in this other season. But you won't let it go. He's trying to get you to move and make a new decision to stop going through the same old cycle. And you can tell when people do that because they're always talking about the church of yesteryear. Remember, we used to have good service. Sir. Remember when this used to happen and that used to happen. And the old people used to do this and the old people do that. But now all the old people are gone and we don't know what's going to happen. You know why? Because then you were the young people. Now you're the old people. Get out the way and let the young people do what they need to. Now you're supposed to be the people that they are looking up to. You're supposed to be the people that they come to for prayer. You're supposed to be the people that they come to for counsel. You're the people that they should be when they get to your age saying, I remember how we used to have church and Pastor Ernie could lay hands on people and they would get healed. I remember that I couldn't get something broke in my life, but Sister Bernice prayed for me and God shifted something in my life and I want on my life what they had on their life when it's that time for my season. Everybody says seasons change. <laughs> See, this is how the oil of God works. Somebody say, I've got to use it before I lose it. <laughs> you got to use it before you lose it. 
God has seasons in your life and you've got to use it while you before you lose it because opportunities of a lifetime may be seen within the lifetime of the opportunity. My daughter said something to me the other day that shook me to my core. You know what she said to me, Victor? We got down to Houston and we do daddy daughter dates and we try to we try to build relationships and things like that. And, and, and I said, whose daddy daughter date is it? I thought, Miss Pat, we would have just a regular old daddy daughter date, something that would be just nice to do not too expensive something fun but they said it was Haley's daddy daughter date and I said okay well tell daddy what you want to do she said I tell you all of a sudden one day Haley walked in the door and said daddy I want to go to NASA <laughs> she said I want something but it's expensive I said what is it? she said I want to go to NASA and in my mind I said yes that is expensive but but I told you to get whatever you wanted and while we were there she said daddy this is the best daddy daughter date I've ever had and it's important too because it's one of my last I said, what are you saying, Haley? She said, well, Daddy, I, I go to college in a year. It just struck down on me that no season lasts forever. Why are we doing the same old things in different seasons of our lives when God has more for us? You've got to do what God called you to do in the season that he has called you to do it. I've come to let you know something, that you are a limited addition. There will never be another you on this earth as long as the earth remains. You are a limited addition. But here's the thing about that limited addition, Austin. It's for a limited time only. You only get a certain amount of time to do what God has placed in your life, and then that time is up. So you need to move when God tells you to move. How do you know this? Because I talked to Brother Job while I was studying for this sermon. And you know what he told me, Pastor Day? Job had the audacity to give me some biblical truth. And he said that a man that is born of a woman is but a few days and he's full of trouble. So we can't just wait for tomorrow to come because tomorrow may never get here. So I have a question for you today. If God has placed something on your life to do, if it's leadership in the church, if it's a step up in your life or a step up in your manhood or your womanhood or your fatherhood or your motherhood or your servanthood, why not now? Why wait till tomorrow? Why wait till the next New Year's Day sermon? Everybody say, say that with me. Say it out loud. Why? Why? Not now. Who in here has something that you believe God has called you to do? You may not know what it is, but you, you're searching when you, for the right time. Say it with me. Talk to yourself. Say, why not now? Why not now? Why not start to move in what he's called you? Our text brings us to this perfect truth as we look into the book of 2 Kings and we see that there is an altercation between the country of Syria and the country of Israel. And Israel has had constant battles. Elisha has saved them from some, but there has come in Syria a king named Ben-Hadad. And Ben-Hadad has laid siege to Israel. He has surrounded the city where no one can go in and no one can leave. He is literally starving them to death. 
One of the stories in this, this thing, I've come to tell you, if you're bored, read the Bible. You don't have to pick up Netflix. There are some interesting things in the Bible and some horrific things in the Bible. It got so bad that the king was walking on the wall and a woman came to him and said, I need you to solve a dispute. He said, what was the dispute? She said, my, my, my neighbor and I, we made an agreement. We were so hungry that we decided that I would cook my son today and we would eat him and we will cook her tomorrow, but she has hidden her son. They were in such bad way that they had resorted to cannibalism to survive. <laughs> no way in and no way out. It is a bad situation. Cannibalism and despair. No option for Israel seems to be a good option. And every day they wake up to the same old cycle. Day after day, month after month, nothing is changing. People are starving. People are dying. They are waking up and laying down now with the same expectation that tomorrow, that tomorrow, the next day will be just like this day. That tomorrow will be the same as yesterday. Their lives are stuck in the same old cycle. Get up, go to work, go home. Look for Friday. Spend all your money on Friday because it was really spent before you get it. Drink yourself into oblivion on Monday and Tuesday or Friday and Saturday. Party as hard as you can. Get up and be miserable on Monday. How many people use that same old cycle? <clears throat> get up and not talk about your problems. Use the kids to pretend that they're all, you don't have problems in your marriage. Don't work on your marriage. Everybody just stay busy and we won't matter, mind that there's something wrong in our marriage and we won't deal with it. We'll get, and we'll do this till the kids get grown. Do you know when the highest divorce rate is in America? Around the ages of 50. You know why it is, Turhan? Because that's when children turn 18 and they leave and you realize you haven't ever worked on your marriage. You just went through the same old cycle and you used your children to cover up dysfunction and you never dealt with it and now it's coming home to roost because I'm living in the house with somebody I don't like but there's nobody else to talk to but them and you think I mean the other person but most times it's the person you see in the mirror who Jesus has anybody been there has anybody ever been in life and it seems like your life is in the same old old old, old cycle wash rinse and repeat Get up, do the same thing again. Boring, I know what I'm going to say, what I'm going to watch on TV, what I'm going to read, what I'm going to do. There's no excitement in my life. It seems like I'm the walking dead. Do you know that the average life expectancy of somebody is generally 87 years old? But I've come to tell you that most people die around 40, 40 years old because they stop living about 40 or 50. They just live another 37 or 47 years. They walking, but they forgot how to. That's not the life God has called you to. He said, the thief cometh but to kill and steal and destroy. I come that you may have life. I don't care if you get the 90 or 120. God wants you to have an abundant life every day of your life. He wants you to have joy even when all hell is breaking loose in your life. Even when you got pains in your body. He wants so much joy in your, your, uh, your life that you wake up and say, Oh, good God Almighty, I can feel the pains in my knees. You know what that means? I can still walk. Oh, thank you, God, that you've given me a little life in, the, in here. Lord, it's cold. And uh, look, I don't have much money, but thank you that I've got 
got up cold and turned on the heat, I had enough money to pay my heat bill this morning. Oh, God, I wish I could eat that, that, that meat right there. But thank you, God, for doctors that can tell me how to do better. Stop complaining and start living. Stop complaining about what you have and learn to enjoy what you have. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Many of us have been there, seeing like our life is stuck in a holding pattern and we're secretly depressed because we don't have anybody to pull us out of that cycle. But what makes this story ever the more interesting is that although uh, there are Israelites on the inside, <laughs> there are some people standing outside of the gate. There's a war going on, one side against the other. But these people are in the middle because they are not welcome in either place. They are Israelites, you can tell from the context of the text, but they are not welcome in Israel because they have leprosy. They have a communicable disease that causes them to be ostracized. And they are sitting outside the gate because they're not allowed in. That's bad when the people that are doing bad and starving stay still, don't want anything to do with you. They're stuck in the middle. <laughs> they are misfits. I want to speak to somebody who's watching me online today who is a misfit. What is a misfit in today's term? Somebody who's too street for the church, but too church for the streets. You know that type of person. You know you people do stuff in the street and you say you ought not do that. And they look at you and call you a square. But when they walk in, people scared to see you walk in because you got tats on every, every part. And you're too street for the church and too church for the streets. You stuck in the middle. You're a misfit at the moment. And now they see that the Israel, which represents the church, doesn't want them. And they see that the people in the world of Syria don't want them they're stuck in the middle <laughs> these type of people know what they want and want to move forward toward the people of God but circumstances in their life have made them unwelcome I want to speak to somebody who's listening to me by podcast later or listening right now uh, online that you may feel like you've lived such a life that you're not welcome at the church but I tell you the truth today I don't care what you've done or where you've been if you can't find any other church to go to this church is willing ready and welcoming and waiting on you come on with your weed come on with your tats come on with with your earring come on if you don't have the best clothes come on anyway we'll worry about that later I just want you to come and meet Jesus Jesus will do the change I don't care if you just got out the club and you got the same clothes on your head for the club come on in because Jesus died for you they are at a point where they're stuck in the middle I'm almost done they are in between bad and worse I want to take a parenthetical pause right now to speak to those who are neither here nor there that are looking for a place to belong. I want to tell you this is your place. Welcome home. This is the place where you come. This is the place for people with bro not just broken paths, but broken presence as well. You don't have to have it all together to be in here because I don't have it all together. And if God can love me with my mess, I know he can love you with yours. We love people at this church where they are and let God love them out of what they in. 
Now back to my sermon. That was free. That was to somebody who needed to hear that. They are in the middle. They are at the gate. We find these four lepers, and you know how bad you think you have it. Always remember somebody else has it worse. Those people inside probably thought that we have it worse than anybody. We are starving on the inside. Well, at least you ain't outside in the gate with no shelter because they won't, even the starving people won't let you in. You know what? One thing I found out that will rob you of success in life is ingratitude. It's not to be thankful for what you already have. We always are looking at somebody else's yard. We're always wondering about what somebody else's had. You want somebody else's car, but you don't want their car. No, you want their house, but you don't want their mortgage payment. You want their family, but you don't want to go to counseling to do the work that they did. You want their marriage, but you don't want to go to the marriage counselor and sit down and do the prayer that it took for them to fix their marriage. You just want a ready-made marriage. It doesn't work that baby way, baby. And if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same thing. God wants you to have some change. They have reached a game-changing mindset here. Why do I know that? <laughs> because although they're in the worst situation they could be, the enemy doesn't want them and Israel doesn't want them either. They ask one powerful question, and I want you to ask yourself that question. Somebody had enough sense to say, why are we going to sit here and die? Leprosy says we have a chance of dying anyway. It already looks bad for me. They won't let us in the gates in Israel. They want to kill all the Israelites in, Syria camp, in Syrian camps, but I'd rather take my chances. Why am I going to sit here and die and just die on the vine? Why are you going to sit in your marriage knowing you need help and die when you can get help? Why are you going to sit here knowing that your kids need help and you're too proud to speak out? Why are you going to sit here and die knowing you need a health coach and you need somebody to help you to get your life back on track? Why do you keep going through the same cycle and you know you're going to die one day anyway, but you might as well enjoy it while you're here. They say, you know what? We'll go to the Syrian, and if they kill us, they kill us. We were going to die anyway, but at least maybe we have a glimmer of hope that life could get better if we choose not to sit in our mess and do something. Look at your neighbor and say, do something. Stop complaining. Do something. Stop looking at the news, blaming your troubles on everybody else. Do something. Stop blaming your low bank account on everybody else. Go get a job. Go create a business. Go get a business plan. Do something. Stop blaming your bad health on your wife. He cooks wrong. Learn to cook yourself. Do something. Stop blaming everybody else. Stop saying, I'm going, and this is for people all over the world. I love our church. I'm going to this church or that church. So, because this one don't do this one and that one don't do that one. You know what? You're going to be you wherever you go. If you don't like what's happening in your church, do something. You be the change you seek. Well, I want to go to a church with a children's ministry. Well, you got a child. Start, start the children's ministry. I want to go to a church with a good praise sing, But you can sing and you sit out in the choir. Do something. Be the change that you want to seek. My boss is treating me bad. Go get another job. 
If the Lord sends you to start a business, the same skills that you have to build that business for that boss are the same skills you can have to build a life for yourself. The world does not give you anything. If you want anything from the world, you got to do something. Then he promised Joshua this. He didn't say whatever you want shall prosper. But you know what he said, Brother Bob? Whatever you do shall prosper. That's why James said, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. You got to do something. Don't just come in here and think that a, a sermon from the pastor going to make you holy. Take those 21 days of prayer and get on your knees and begin to pray and begin to get in your Bible and look at God's direction for your life. If you want something different than what you ever had, you got to learn to do something that you've never done. Do something. Hallelujah. See, change doesn't come from making statements of affirmation. That's why we've gotten into the habit of making New Year's resolutions. This year is going to be different. Anybody ever done that? This is going to be great. <laughs> I'm going to the gym. I'm reading my Bible. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But then all of a sudden the patterns of life come up and we end in the same old cycle because you don't realize before I do that, I've got to take care of this. The reason I'm not reading my Bible is because I, my life is out of, out of order and I need to make sure I put some things in priority and remove some things so there will be space for the things that God needs me. See, change doesn't come from making statements to others. It comes from asking questions to ourselves. They didn't say shame on the Syrians that they are here seizing. They didn't say shame on, 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 on the Israelites because they didn't listen. They said, why sit we here and die? You know why most of us can't change? Because we're looking at everybody else except, guess what, Haley? Ourselves. Why am I in the shape I'm in? Why not? I, I don't want anybody in this room or anybody who ever hears the sermon. Today is the last day that you go to any marriage counselor or anybody else and say, it's your husband's or wife's fault that you're not happy. It's your fault that you're not happy. Why do I sit here and be depressed? Why am I sitting in anger? Why am I sitting in poverty? God has given me the ability to do something about it. Jesus, I was trying to be calm today, brother Day. I guess that didn't work out too well. <laughs> Y'all tired of me yet? <laughs> why, why sit here until we die? Why are we allowing ourselves to go through the same old cycles? It's time to make a move. Somebody said, bust the move. I just showed my age. My kids gonna be like, Dad, nobody said that anymore. But I say, it's time for you to bust the move. Whether you eight or 80, it's time for you to bust the move. Don't sit around waiting for things to get better because things may never get better. That you got to start on the inside. Whether or not this, they say, whether or not this world and ever here, never, whether Israel lets us in or not, or the Syrians kill us, I'm not waiting on somebody else. I'm going to do something myself. I'm not coming to the church just to hear a sermon so the pastor can change me. I'm coming to get inspired and take what he gives me and then go do something with it. Amen. You see, desperation can affect us. They are in a desperate situation and desperation can affect us in one of two ways. Desperation causes some people to hunker down and stay in the whole same old situation because mediocre has become comfortable. You ever seen... You ever been on a double date with, a, with somebody, Brother Ernie? You, you might not do double dates anymore. And you go out with a couple and they fight the whole time? <laughs> Why? Because they are so used to it, it's become normal. 
You see somebody that's always complaining about their life, but they keep doing the same old things. And it seems like they can't see it, but you can. And you really want to say something, but you too chicken to open your mouth because you figure they'll never tell you again. You know what? You keep talking about losing weight, but I see you never put them sodas down. <laughs> if you can't say amen. I'm talking to myself, too. I, I, I ain't just mad at y'all. I'm talking to myself. You, you, you keep saying you're going to get a better job, but I noticed that it's, it's time for the new semester to begin, and you hadn't enrolled in school yet. You, you, you said you were going to get a raise at work, but you never went and used any extra time to get any new skills. You just keep doing the same old thing and think somebody's going to give you something. Desperation can cause people to hunker down in the same old situations. But sometimes desperation can cause you to make a move. <laughs> Some have a similar question today. Why are we? And I want to ask you this question as I get ready to leave. Why are we okay with okay? Let's say that to ourselves. Everybody say, why am I okay? We're just okay. <clears throat> now I want you to say, you said it because I told you to say it. Now I want you to think about it. And ask yourself that question. Why am I okay? Why am I okay? We're, just okay. We're just okay. Why am I okay with being married a long time but I'm miserable? Why am I okay with getting out to bed and I'm hurting because I won't lose weight? Why am I okay? We're not getting better opportunities because I won't work on myself. Why am I okay with needing the pastor to, to lift me up and pray for me because I won't spend time learning to pray for myself? Why am I okay with just being okay? Some people show up to church and that's why they don't worship because they're okay with just being okay. I get it. Some people, that's all they had to get in the door. That, that's all the strength they had. They in here on fumes and we pray for those people and we lift those people up. But some people have been doing that same thing, Pastor Ernie. You've been a pastor, you know, for years. For years, they come and they sit in the same seat, in the same space. They never speak to anybody. It's people on the other side of the church that they don't even know. Why? Because they go through the same old cycles. You'd be surprised. I guarantee you, I've been here four years and the many people have passed through this door and these doors. I guarantee you there's some people in this church that don't know other people. You know why? Because they stuck in their own world. <laughs> they talk to the same old people. <laughs> they go to the same old places and do the same old things. And God has so much better for them. Paul says this. He says, be not conformed to this world, but I want you to be transformed and changed. He says, how do you become transformed and changed, Paul? I asked Paul that question. And Paul wasn't around to tell me, but he, he wrote the answer in, in the pages of the Bible. He said, this is how you be transformed, Austin. He said, be ye transformed, Romans 12 and 2, by the renewing of your mind. Get out of that same old mindset. Get out of that same old mindset that the only time I lift my hands is when you sing the songs that I remember when I was young or when, that I remember this. Get into a new mindset that I'm going to learn some new songs. Get into the mindset that I'm going to learn a new way to do things. I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. 
God wants so much more for you. As a pastor, I want so much more for you. I want you to enjoy every day of your life. If this is your last day, I hope it's the best day that you've ever had. Don't go through the same old cycles. When you leave here, I want you to take a different way home today. Don't even go the same way that you used to just to get out of the cycle. If you go left, go right. It may take you a little bit more in gas, but don't just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Why sit we here till we die? It's time for me to bust the move. What do I want you to say when you leave here? I want you to say, Pastor, I won't waste another year with my marriage going without being healed. This is the year. This is the day that it changes. I won't waste another year with my finances going on in turmoil. I'm going to get my money right this year. Pastor, I won't waste another day being happy and stagnant with spiritual growth. I'm going to show up on Wednesday nights and I'm not just going to show up for Bible study. I'm showing up at 6.30 for prayer because I can't pray more than two minutes without getting tired. And it's my goal to at least get to 10 to be better than I was, Pastor. I want to do more this year. Somebody will say, well, when is that going to start? Do it just like they did. This is what they decided. Somebody shot today's the day. If you want something from God, I want you to know today is the day and now is the time because now is when you make the decision and our decisions determine our direction. Today is the day. Don't say he preached a good sermon. I hope you say that. And then do nothing with it. I want every single person. Wow. As I just looked around the crowd, I just thought about this. We got people in the room from almost 90 to toddler and can't even talk. Every age group is represented in here. And I want every last one of you to have something different for your life today. Yes. Today's the day. So what? The first half of your life was bad. The next half doesn't have to be because here's the end of the story. That while they were considering what they would do and whether or not they would die, if you don't remember the text, go back and read it. While they were sitting determining what they were going to do, God had sent a noise and confused the enemy. And the enemy ran off thinking somebody was chasing them. So when they got there, they got all the spoil. Don't you know that God is already working it out for you, but you haven't walked into it because you're still sitting at the gate? Get off the gate and go do what God has called you to do. It's already working waiting on you. If you have a business, don't be scared. Go get those employees this year. How am I going to pay for them? Get a, get a business plan and get a prayer life, but expand. Go do what God is calling you to do. Today is the day, and I want to leave you on this note. That not only, Sister Stella, did they find food and spoils and gold, but you know what? Their heart was so good to run. That wasn't from the hood. <laughs> because if I if people had treated me so bad, they wouldn't let me in. You, you know how the hood work. <laughs> I found this lick. <laughs> you on your own. <laughs> but they took the spoils they had and went and knocked on the walls of the door of Israel and said, it's too much for us. Come get some for yourself. The very people. I've come to tell you that sometimes God will bless you so much that the very people that wouldn't give you an opportunity, he'll use you to bless them. 
the very people who wouldn't give you a chance, that if you'll get up and stop having a pity party for yourself, God will bless your life to some of those very same people will eat because of the chances that you took that they wouldn't take. But you got the discernment that today is the day. Anybody tired of yesterday and the old thing? Anybody want something new? Well, as we finish today, I want you to walk to this altar. And I don't want you to make a New Year's resolution. I want you to have resolve in your heart. Today is the day that my life changes forever. Today is the day that my marriage starts to be the happiest it's ever been in 20 years. Today is the day that my business flourishes like it's never flourished before. Today is the day that my kids turn around because I'm going to make better decisions. You know why? Because life is a series of decisions. Our decisions denote our direction. And if not diverted, they will divulge our destiny. What decisions will you make today? Today is the day. I'm going to brag on Victor. I know he doesn't mind. I'm going to brag on Chrissy, because even though she's not here, but I know she doesn't mind. When I met Vic, Vic was getting up on life. Vic, I, I, I know he's not embarrassed, because this is church family. They know he didn't have a place to stay. He stayed with Pat and Denny. That's a hard thing to have to rebuild your life and depend on the kindness of others. Life was hard for him. But while other people were talking about him, Victor was coming to me in secret and sitting down with me. And Victor was making plans to get his life together. And now Victor's not perfect, but you know what? Victor has his own place to stay, and he doesn't have to ask anybody for anything. Why? Because he decided today's the day that my life is going to change. Victor's learned to get past the hurt of his past and the things he didn't get to do as a father. And, and now he's in a mentoring program for good fathers only. And the things that he wasn't able to do for his children, he still tries to be a good father to other children that doesn't have them. He didn't sit at the gate and die. He said, I'm going to do something with what I have left. What's your choice? I end with what God gave the Israelites. I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. And they all sit at the end of the choices you make. Choose life. Chrissy. She's not here, but Chrissy came from places, dark places that many people don't know she came from. And although she might not be what she wants to be, today Chrissy has the keys to her own apartment from halfway houses to three-quarter houses. She'll tell you herself from addictions to all those things to getting her life back together because church is not just about what we do on Sunday morning. It's what we do when we walk with other people day by day. Chrissy, if you listen to this, I can't get her to show up consistently every Sunday, but I want you to know that I'm proud of you and that I love you, that you decided you wouldn't keep going through the same cycles you're going to make some mistakes 
you're going to mess up. You're going to walk out of here and you're going to say my marriage is going to be better and the devil's going to start an argument before you get to the house. But don't you stop. Get up and do something different. Don't run to your corner. Say, let's sit down, baby, and work this out. Because I'm tired of the same old cycles. You notice that there's different colors on this cycle. See, you choose your path. You can either go this way or if you get sick of living the way you've been living, you can move forward. Stand. If this has been a blessing to you, give God a hand clap of praise. <laughs>